Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Kareem has a superb question for us today, and that is, how do black holes form? So Kareem, this is a question that cosmologists really struggled with for a long time. And it's one that we're actually, in some ways, still working on. So let's start with, well, what is a black hole? Because black holes show up in lots of different science fiction stories. And we usually see them as these big round balls that are sucking everything in, right? Well, a black hole is really an area of space-time, and we'll be talking more about what space-time is next time, but it's an area of space that is pinched. The gravity is so, so strong that things can't actually get away from them. So gravity, that's that familiar force. We're all experiencing it right now. Gravity is pulling us down to Earth, and if we try and jump, well, we can get a little bit of a distance, but then we fall right back down. Now, if you wanted to jump off of Earth, you would actually have to jump faster than gravity was pulling you back down. Some places would be a lot easier to jump off of. So on the moon, there's less gravity. And so you wouldn't have to jump quite as fast for gravity to not be able to pull you back down. If you are on an asteroid, there are some asteroids you could probably jump right into orbit around. And if you tried to jump off of something way more massive, like a super Earth or Jupiter, if there was anywhere for you to stand on Jupiter, it would be a lot harder. So there is a connection between how strong the gravity is and how much stuff, how much mass the object has. It's not just how much mass, how much stuff there is, but how much is squeezed into one space. So the more dense, which means the more stuff there is in one space, the greater the gravity becomes. Okay, so the denser it is, the stronger the gravity is. The stronger the gravity, the more and more it pulls, the faster and faster you have to go to be able to get away from whatever that source of gravity is. So our story at this point goes back to Albert Einstein, who came up with general relativity. And this helps us to understand gravity and to understand space and the relationship between them. So he sent his work to a buddy of his, who was Carl Schwarzschild who was also another really brilliant uh, mind and mathematician. And when he went through Einstein's work, it occurred to him that you should be able to have a point in space where there was so much mass that the gravity would be so, so strong that the speed to get away from that object to get away from that point in space would have to be so great that it would actually even be faster than light. And so this, 
But there were a lot of different names proposed for it, a frozen star or a dark star. But eventually the name that caught on for this theoretical kind of object was a black hole. Now, it would be black because if light goes too close to it, the light can't come back, right? Normally, light bounces off of something, right? If there's a planet, look up, okay, so the moon, look up at the moon in the sky. So the sun's light comes, it hits it, it bounces off of it, we receive it. Or we see the sun because light is coming away from the sun. Now, the sun is really massive. It's a lot more massive than Earth is, but it doesn't have so much mass that the light can't escape away from it. But they were saying, okay, this object would have so much mass that light couldn't get away. If it was giving off light, the light couldn't travel. If light went into it, it would be stuck there. So when we would look at it, we wouldn't see any color. We wouldn't see any light. It would just look black to us. Now, the hole is kind of a metaphor because it's like it's like everything would fall into it. Just like the light, it couldn't come back out. So we talk about it being a hole in the fabric of space-time. And the fabric, this is an analogy that we use, a comparison that we use a lot to think about space. We think about it as being like a fabric that's connected, that everything is in. It's like we are the stitching in that. And so it was just kind of a nice term. But here's the thing. Well, scientists had the exact same question as you. How would these form? How would you possibly get a point in space that was that dense? How is that physically possible? And for many, many years, we didn't know. But there was an idea. We came up with a mechanism, so a way that this could happen. And this comes from the death of of stars. So stars are really massive, right? Stars have so much mass that the gravity is so strong. Then the more gravity you have, the more something weighs, right? So it becomes so strong that it's crushing down, squeezing down, and it heats up the core of the star so much as it's being squished, 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 that it starts to smash atoms together in this process that we call fusion. Fusion is when you put them together. But this process also releases some extra energy. And this energy pushes out, and it holds the star up from collapsing in on itself. So when this happens, the star can keep growing and growing and growing. It can keep accreting, which is our word for growing, right? Growing from that very small, getting bigger and bigger as things fall in onto it. So this gives us a way to get a lot of mass in one place without it just immediately becoming a black hole right away, right? So the star, for its life, and again, stars aren't alive, we're just going to say life for when it's fusing, is going to be in this balance between gravity crushing in and the fusion pushing out. But at the end of a really massive star's life, well, the fusion stops. And when the fusion stops, the gravity finally wins. And so now we have this huge amount of material, all of this mass in this one place, and the gravity is really strong. And so it starts to fall in on itself. And as it falls in, 
the whole star is getting smaller and smaller and smaller, which means it's getting denser and denser and denser. And this gravity is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And it keeps crashing in and it smashes in and it smashes and crushes that matter and gets to the point where it, if it crosses over what we call the Tove limit, so T-O-V, if it crosses over this limit, which is somewhere between two to three times as massive as the sun at its core, then it becomes and collapses into a black hole. And the space around it is so, so pinched that gravity is curving space so much that light can't get out and the black hole is born. Now, when the star went supernova, some of that material might escape out into space. And we might see this as this beautiful display of light and gas and dust that is streaming out that got away from the black hole. But sometimes some of that material is going to fall back into the black hole. And then any material that gets too close will fall in. The black hole isn't going around sucking things up, but if things get too close, they'll fall in and then they can't get back out. So this kind of black hole is called a stellar black hole because it comes from a star. And when we measure or talk about how massive a black hole is, we talk about it compared to our star. So when I said earlier, one solar mass, a solar mass is how much stuff the sun is made of. And so there are some stars that have less than that. They have half a solar mass. And there are other stars that have way more. They've got 20 solar masses or 30 solar masses, things like that. So we have a second kind of black hole that we know exists, which is called a supermassive black hole. And instead of having just a few solar masses, they have millions or even billions of solar masses. That's a lot of mass, right? There's so much. And where we find these are at the center of massive galaxies. A few weeks back, we talked about quasars, right? Quasars are often associated with these really, really massive black holes. Now, we aren't really sure yet how these particular black holes form. One idea is that just a whole bunch of stellar mass black holes, that they all merge together. Because if two black holes come together, they just make a bigger black hole. It's just like pouring water from two different cups into a new bowl of water. You just get more and more and bigger and bigger water, right? So it might have formed that way. But another idea is that maybe when the universe was a lot younger, we think that the universe was smaller because we think the universe is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and that there may have just randomly been areas that were clumped where there was enough mass that when the universe started expanding, when the universe started being what it is now, that there would have been so much mass that would have collapsed right into a black hole instantly just because there was so much mass there. But this is something that we still really don't know, and we need to do a lot more studying. So stellar black holes supermassive black holes. And there's another kind which might exist. We don't know yet. The math suggests that they do, but we haven't found them. And these are what we call primordial black holes. These would be really, really tiny black holes. Now, they wouldn't have very much mass. And maybe for the same second reason I just told you about the, the supermassive black holes, maybe they just formed right at the start of our universe. So primordial is this from the beginning, from the ancient, the old time, right? That there might just have been enough random stuff in that spot at that one moment that it could collapse and make a black hole. So 
The tricky thing is that detecting these would be a lot harder than finding something like a supermassive black hole that might have a quasar spitting out material over vast, vast distances. Now, maybe there's more? We don't know. We're just starting to learn about black holes. But this is what we know so far. We went from, hmm, isn't this a cool mathematical idea? To, oh, here's a way that maybe they could exist. To, wow, we found one. And now, not just one, but we found many, many, and we can start to study them. They're still pretty far away, so no human has actually ever gone to a black hole. We're still just using telescopes. But one day, maybe in the distant future, or maybe not so distant future, we might develop the space travel that lets us look at these things up close. So thank you for a wonderful question. This was fantastic. And thank you everyone for joining us here on the podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like us to talk about, please have your folks send that into the email in the description. And as always, my friends, I hope you have dark skies and remember to stay curious.